Hi, welcome to our message for Sunday, February the 6th. Our text for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also, uh, so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they, had brought, when they brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, give us courage today to press out into deeper waters, to invite you more fully into our lives. Lord, give us grace and power to surrender to the fullness of your presence in every aspect of our lives. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. We have a long history of relegating religion to special times and special places. And quite frankly, we've made religion the role of special people with special training. Sadly, this approach leads to a shallow spirituality. And it started very early on. Early in the church, we developed a professional clergy. Priests and monks and nuns did the work of study and prayer for the people. Priests led worship for us up front while the laity watched. The situation only got worse as the Latin language died. Priests continued to lead the, lead the mass in Latin, but no one in the congregation understood what they were saying. No one understood Latin any longer. The role of the laity was generally very passive as they were pushed more and more to the sidelines by the professionalization of clergy. The role of the laity was to listen, even if you can't understand what the priest is saying. Confess your sin to the priest so that the priest can forgive along with God. Receive the sacrament of Holy Communion on a regular basis. And for much of history, that meant only the bread because only the clergy got to consume the wine and the bread. And of course, to the laity, we would say, leave your offerings to allow all of us ordained folks to continue being religious for you. Our centuries-old methods have led, have led us to isolate our religion to Sunday mornings and maybe to daily devotional times. It's encouraged a sacred-secular dichotomy in life where we consider devotionalism as just a, a devotional time, not a devotional way of life. We divide out our lives to those parts that belong to Jesus and the parts that we are, quite frankly, in charge of. 
we tell people behave a certain way in church, and by that we mean the building. Behave a certain way around the clergy. And trust me on this one, when people find out I'm a pastor, behavior changes. If they say something that's off color or profane, they want to apologize to me because I must be different because I am the religious person. You just have to believe me that when clergy are around out in the community, they are treated differently. Maybe, just maybe, we think that Jesus won't pay too much attention to us while we're at work or enjoying our weekend festivities. Keep the secular separate, we want to say. I was completely caught off guard, though, when church members in a previous church applied this same logic to my job. Normally, people expect that I get to be religious all the time, whether I'm at home or at work or on vacation. Um, But this one complaint really floored me. Now, of course, people complain about what I do. It goes with the territory, and, and that's okay. But one complaint to my district superintendent that really got to me, really surprised me, was that I shouldn't be doing my devotional time in my study. I should do it at home, away from work. Now, get that. Some member or members of mine didn't want me mixing up my religion and my job. They wanted me to do my devotional time separate from my daily work as a pastor. Well, my district superintendent ignored their complaint, and I did too. I continue to spend devotional time at work and will continue to do so. But it's just a symptom of our attitude. Let's keep Jesus in his place. Let's keep our religion shallow. It's more comfortable that way. Well, Simon Peter seemed okay with shallow spirituality too. We know that before today's text, Peter had been hanging out with Jesus. In the preceding chapter, chapter 4 is when Simon Peter first makes his appearance. In all likelihood, he was in the synagogue in Capernaum when Jesus delivered the man of an evil spirit in chapter 4. We know that after that service, Simon Peter invited Jesus into his home there in Capernaum by the lake. In fact, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Later, after that time, uh, Peter witnessed Jesus healing many other people and and delivering many people of evil spirits. Now, actually, in Luke's account, Peter remains silent through all of that, but seems interested, seems to be on board, certainly doesn't complain. This is a religious man doing the stuff that religious people are supposed to do and doing it at a very high degree of excellence. And so in all likelihood, Simon Peter was rather impressed with Jesus. And so when Jesus asked Peter to push his boat out into the shallow water, Peter didn't object. The crowds were pressing in on Jesus. He needed a little room to talk. And so he hopped into Peter's boat and said, would you push out from the shore just a little ways? And and Peter, uh, realizing the presence of this great religious teacher, was happy to oblige and pushed out the boat into the shallow water so that Jesus could preach. Perhaps Peter was helping the religious man do his religious thing. And maybe Peter enjoyed being helpful in Jesus' ministry. He had done his secular job all night. Now he could go do a little volunteer time with this upstart itinerant preacher. Later, Peter could go back to his day job feeling good about himself and the service that he had rendered. But then it got different. 
Jesus asked Peter to go deeper. Move on into deep water and cast your nets. Now Peter objects. It's the first words that Peter says in the Gospel of Luke, and it's an objection to Jesus. We, we professional fishermen, have been fishing all night long and we've caught nothing. Peter seems to be rather upset with Jesus for inserting himself into Peter's profession. Peter's fine with Jesus being the religious expert, but what does this preacher know about fishing? They've been fishing all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, Peter consents and said, okay, we'll let down the nets. And it's only then that Peter is humbled. After fishing all night and finding nothing, this itinerant preacher tells him to put down the nets and their nets are filled with not just a catch, but a miraculous catch. So much that the nets are beginning to tear. So much that the fish that they bring up fill two boats to the point of sinking. Then Peter is humbled. Then Peter realizes there's something different going on. It wasn't until the nets were filled with fish that Peter finally committed his life to Christ. Then Peter walked away from it all in order to follow Jesus. When Jesus entered the realm of Peter's daily life, of his work life, Peter dropped his nets and walked away from the miraculous catch and followed Jesus. Peter finally went deeper. Jesus invites us as well to put out into the deep, to go deeper into who Jesus is. He's asking to invade all of the areas that we prefer to control. For Peter, it was fishing. That itinerant preacher didn't have any business telling him how to fish, except that he did, and he was right. For us, maybe it's our jobs, or maybe our romantic relationships, maybe our hobbies, or our recreational time. Uh, perhaps we say to Jesus that you have no business telling us how to live this part of our lives, except that he does. One area for me lately is how do I cheer on my sports teams here at Alabama without harboring negative emotions for the other side? Sometimes in the, in the heat of a competition, I can notice emotions coming up in me for the people on the other side that I'm quite frankly not proud of. How do I invite Jesus into, into that part of my life that I reserve for just pure recreation and entertainment? How do I let him be Lord of that part of my life? We don't really want Jesus to ask those questions. It makes our faith messy. Things are much neater and tidier when Jesus stays in the church on Sunday morning. Faith is easier when Jesus doesn't meddle in my private affairs but it's also shallow when we don't let Jesus into the rest of our lives. We have shallow faith and Christ says, put out to the deep. Either Jesus changes everything or he changes nothing. He either impacts every area of life or none of it. Jesus doesn't just invite us over to his house on Sunday mornings to hang out. Jesus, offers abundant life if we will bring him along into every area of our lives. Every time we receive the elements of bread and wine, I pray that we also invite Jesus into our lives fully, that he might fully transform us, that we might fully have abundant life. Let's launch out into the deep.
Amen.